Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Junk Baller Podcast. My name is Michael Greenwood, and I'm here with my good friend, as always, Kevin Otterbein. Kevin, how you doing? I am doing quite well. Spring is here, the sun is setting later, and baseball is upon us, is it not? Wait, is it is it opening day? It's tomorrow. Oh, that's right. It's tomorrow. I am so excited. I'm just I'm, I'm messing with everyone right now. I am stoked for freaking opening day. It is it's the best time of the year. Tomorrow is the best time, best day of the year. And mm-hmm. if you're listening to it on opening day, it is congratulations. You are enjoying the best day of the year. Opening day is the best. I I can't, there's so much, I don't know, what's the word, uh, hope or possible just uh, not hope. I don't know what a word. Excitement. For, excitement. What's a word? Joy. Not, what's the word that's opposite of hope? Despair. Despair. Do you have, I mean, maybe the Oakland A's, they have a lot of despair in there. Yeah. But. Uh, Pittsburgh or. Mm-hmm. But for our uh, teams, we have a lot of hope. We do. We have a lot of hope. Uh, opening day is upon us, people. We are excited, and this is a special opening day podcast for everyone. Um, we're going to go down uh, some topics. We're going to go through some things that um, we're excited about, some predictions maybe. And uh, But let me run through what, what we're going to go through for the full episode. We're going to touch on uh, some World Baseball Classic stuff, just a little recap, you know, USA lost. Um, but there were some injuries that happened, um, and that was one thing that someone reached out on our Instagram page. They wanted to talk about us to talk about that, um, kind of the injuries and whether or not uh, some... I'll, I'll go through that later. Um, but then during our Team Talks segment, we are going to be going through opening day special, uh, all our rosters and our official predictions for the season. And then during our junk ball section, we'll be going through some of the rule changes and tweaks as a, as a general level. We won't go too deep into that. We'll have some other podcasts for that. Um, maybe some players that will benefit, uh, any opening day memories that we have and just what we're excited for. Um, and of course the hot take at the very end that we will close out. But to start off, yes, Kev, why don't you tell us about an interesting fact in baseball? Sure thing, Peaches. So <laughs> he, he he gets a kick out of that. So sometimes, yeah. Um, remember the last time we talked a couple, a couple of days ago, where you brought up your interesting fact about one of the best pitchers of our generation, Greg Maddox. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I wanted to bring up the fact about one of the best, if not the best, heroes of our generation, Tony Gwynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, for some background, he played for the San Diego Padres in the 80s and 90s uh, for the most part. Um, he had the highest batting average of anyone since World War II, which is an interesting and incredible fact in and of itself. But It's not the main fact. That's not the main one, no. So how incredible was his career? Um, he could have st- struck out... Sorry, he could have stuck around the big leagues and gone 0 for 1,172 and still had a 300 batting average for his career. So he could have gone on a hill of street, gone over 1,000 at-bats without getting a hit ever again, still have a 300 batting average for his career. Was that like two seasons, probably? Two full seasons? Yeah, two, two and a half seasons. Wow. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So like he could play in Chris Davis numbers and still get three hundred. Oh my gosh, <laughs> what a legend! Tony, like Chris Davis? No, not absolutely not. <laughs> One of the worst contracts ever handed out. Um, I remember speaking of Tony Gwynn. One of my uh, 
my brother's, he was teaching his son uh, about uh, having hitting. And one of the tips that Tony Gwynn would offer is that you would look at the, uh, the logo on the cap because it's center to the rest of your body. Instead of looking at the ball that you're going to be released from, where the ball is going to be released from, you look at the center of the hat because that's where the ball will come, to, like the, um, the view will be. And I was like, huh. I wish I knew that in high school or someone taught me that in high school or middle school because I would have been a much better hitter. Also, I realized that I needed glasses in high school instead of waiting a couple of years until I got to college. Uh, that's why my batting average in high school was terrible uh, and I couldn't see the catcher signs a little bit either. But that's another story. Not my, uh, I mean, my main memories, unfortunately, I didn't get, I don't remember hit, watching Tony Gwynn play too much in his career, mm-hmm. but I did get to watch him a good deal in the, replays of the world series videos that i had growing up like when i was sick because he played in the 98 series against the yankees mm-hmm. he had a 500 batting average in that series over four games i mean it, there cause there has to come to a point where we're just not surprised by any of these stats that he that he puts up i mean truly is he the best hitter of all time he definitely should be in that discussion top five for sure i think just pure hitter just pure, pure hitter. hitter. Yeah. Yeah. I think you can make that argument. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I know I have another story. I just saw this video the other day on Twitter. Uh, there was a, he was up to bat and then there was a rain delay and it got postponed to the next day. And he said, uh, he apparently, he woke, woke up uh, the next day and was talking with um, one of his teammates and he said, Hey, I'm gonna. I know what this guy's gonna throw. I'm gonna hit it into the left center. You're gonna go and score. And there was guys on second and third. First pitch, ball in the left center field gap. Exactly, he hit a double. Exactly what he said he was gonna do. I was just like the guy. This guy's ridiculous. I. It's we're kind of in awe of players like that, yeah. and just a pure hitter standpoint, we don't really see that in baseball today. Oh no. And there's probably a lot of reasons that you know. People are trying to swing for the fences and don't care about strikeouts. But, you know, pitching is also a lot faster these days, too. But yeah. truly, Tony Gwynn, fantastic. Yeah. In terms of contact, there was nothing I've seen, at mm. least in my lifetime, mm. like him. Yeah, no, not same same here. I can't think of anything either. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony Gwynn, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, with that said, um, we're going to dive right into a team that doesn't exactly hit for average too much that tries to swing for the fences and strikes out a lot and that's the yankees oh really yeah <laughs> you don't say uh so um i just wanted to bring in a couple updates it's been about we recorded 10 or 11 days ago almost two weeks ago something like that there's been quite a bit that's happened in that time mm-hmm. as we prepare for opening day which is tomorrow as we record this um so the one of the big stories, if not the big story, is a number one prospect for the Yankees coming up and getting his shot. Uh, his name is Anthony Volpe. He plays infield. Um, he had an over 300 average in spring training. He had five stolen bases, and he wasn't even on the 40-man roster at the beginning of spring training, but uh, they're going to give him the shot, and we're excited to see what he does. Question, um, is he from New York? He grew up a Yankees fan? I think he's from Jersey. He's from Jersey? Yeah. Okay, because I saw a picture of him with Derek Jeter yeah. as a kid, and I was like, is he from that area? Yeah. I didn't know that. And he's the youngest Yankee to start on opening day since Derek Jeter. Wow. Yeah, he's 21. Just give him number two. 
I, I don't know. The Yankees are going to start running out of numbers pretty soon. Yeah. They'll go to triple digits. I think I saw he's wearing number 11, I think. I think that's what I saw. There was rumors of 77, but yeah. I think it was 11, which is a good number. That's yeah. a good number. Yeah, It's my brother's favorite number. Yeah. I, I guess uh, Brett Gardner's not going to be coming back anymore. Uh, he shame. That he, Brett Gardner was the last 11, and uh, now... Um, they're not going to retire Brett Gardner? They're not going to have a Brett Gardner day? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That would gr- that'd be great if they had a surprise Brett Gardner day on the uh, and when we go next Wednesday to the game. Oh, uh, jeez. Yeah. But with that side, there's also the... Uh, the bad side of things, and that's the loss of Severino for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, you know, one of the best starters in that lineup. You know, he would be, he would then, I think, second behind Cole. Uh, mm-hmm. He's going to go to the IL with a lat strain, so he's mm-hmm. probably going to be out a month. Mm-hmm. So now, on top of Rodon and Montas, they don't have Sevi. Uh, so they're going to have their rotation stretched out uh, pretty thin to mm-hmm. start the yep. year. Mm-hmm. Um, Rodon could be back by the end of April. Um, he, Boom was saying sometime in April, perhaps he could be back, but that's just a general time frame. Okay. I mean, you don't want to rush him back, but the sooner no. the better to shore up that rotation. Anytime you kind of rush a picture, pitcher back, it just no. seems like a bad idea. Yeah. You know, they've with anything with an elbow or a side, because they have a lot of torque that comes along with their baseball has seems like a lot of torque involved with base with hitting and pitching. It's yeah. Just, Rushing back does not seem like a good idea. And, and he's a lefty, which they really could use, too. That's true. Um, That's true. As for Montas, you know, since he had that surgery on that labrum, he probably won't be back for the first half of the season. Could be as late as August now. Uh, so that's an absolute disaster of a trade. Uh, he gives some real Carl Pavano vibes, that that move. Wow, what but, a name I haven't heard in a while, Carl Pavano. He's he's an infamous name among Yankees fans. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. I'm well aware of that. Yep. <laughs> He's a former Marlin. I remember yeah. when he got traded. Oh, totally. And today, uh, the Yankees uh, tried to shore up their bench uh, with Franchi Cordero. I did see that. One-year deal? Yep. Uh, they're probably going to put him uh, as an outfielder, first baseman, utility kind of guy because mm-hmm. they need that additional depth, mm-hmm. uh, which means that Esteban Florial may be on his way out. Uh in a deal for someone that they could use in the bullpen, which, again, they mm-hmm. could use there. Um it's possible that they could carry them, mm-hmm. but uh, if they don't add Floreal to the final roster, mm-hmm. they're probably just going to let him go. Mm. So, I mean, on that side of things, those are the updates I got. Yeah. All right. Opening day lineup. Yeah. What do you think? Um, Where are you putting Volpe? Uh, shortstop. No, in, in the batting oh, order. <laughs> yeah, I know he's playing shortstop. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, probably toward the end of that lineup, eight or nine. Eight or nine. I did see somewhere they'd be possibly betting ninth, just yeah. so that way you can flip the lineup. Um, you bet and judge second. Who's your Who's your leadoff? Uh, Torres. D- uh, DJ maybe. DJ. Yeah. Guys got a slow team. I think DJ or yeah. I mean, DJ got a slow team. <laughs> I mean, Judge I guess could bat first, but yeah, no. DJ fits the he, the the f- number one spot better. Yeah. I think he gets on base a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. You got DJ, Aaron. Is it Arson or Aaron? Arson went to the Giants. Oh, that's right. Arson went to the Giants. That's right. Um, Rizzo. Rizzo okay. will start yeah. at first mm-hmm. base. Um, because Bader is out, um, Stan's probably going to be playing the outfield. Okay. With him, with him and Hicks maybe switching around with. I mean, we. <laughs> yes, Hicks is in the final, in the final lineup. Um, 
So, I mean... Just that outfield, Stanton. I mean, Stanton used to have a cannon, I remember, but he's slow, and Aaron Hicks is a liability. Yeah. So... I mean, it's going to be interesting how they mix these outfielders around, because mm -hmm. you also have Oswaldo Cabrera, who's going to be on that roster, too. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's true. And also at DH, because, you know, LeMayhew and Donaldson could play third base, potentially. Yeah, so give me your lineup. Give me one through nine. What are you you doing? (laughs) All right. I'll try to go DJ first. Okay. He's playing uh, third? No, what are you doing? Second? I'll tell him at third. Okay. Um, judge at second. Okay. Or he, um, or he's, he's batting right. He's batting in right field. He's right field. Judge? Yeah. I'll tell him in center. Center? Yeah. Aaron Judge in center field? He's played center field. He's the largest center fielder I think I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it's not the first time he's done that. I know, but it's not... All of a sudden, the Phillies were like, oh, yeah, we're going to put Harper in center. We're like, uh, that's not a great idea, but okay. All right. He, so he, has, got, he has, I mean, he has more range than, say, Stanton does. All right. All right. So you got DJ, Aaron. Uh, Rizzo, probably. Okay. Um, Stan and cleanup. Okay. Uh, the bomb after that lineup is, is a little tricky. Um, I'm tempted to put Donaldson in fifth. Really? That or he's gonna the, get booed, probably. <laughs> or na- or maybe it'd be smarter to put someone like Glaber in there. I like Glaber. I like Glaber. Glaber I, would play second base. Yeah. Um, All right. So you got Glaber fifth. Yeah. So then we'll just switch. We'll knock Donaldson down. To okay. Six. Donaldson doing DH, right? Yes. Okay. Um. So you got two more. No, three more. Sorry. Three more. Uh, Oswaldo. Okay. And left field. Okay. Uh, Trevino at catcher. And then Volpe okay. at the end of that lineup. Hey, it's not a bad lineup. You know, if, if Donaldson can it's be top decent. Heavy. Yeah. There was I li- just an issue for them last year, I too. I like Torres. Uh, is it Torres or Torres? Torres. Torres, yeah. That's right. I, I'm thinking of Ronald Torres from the former Yankee. He who, was on yeah. the Yankees, yeah. Um, I, like, I like him uh, a lot. Um, yeah. But I think if Donaldson, you know... From what I heard, Aaron Boone said that there's one player that has a surprise year this year. He said it was Josh Donaldson. Did you hear that? I mean, he had a decent spring training. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had, he had a couple home runs. His average wasn't terrible. I mean, I I don't want Donaldson to mm-hmm. not succeed. I want him to do well. Mm-hmm. It's just he hasn't, and you know, he's yeah. kind of he has an attitude problem. Yeah. So I mean, I can guarantee you by the trade deadline, you guys are gonna be trading for lineup uh, i think someone in the lineup you're going to be trading for yeah um i'm trying to think of other trade candidates off the top of my head right now the only person i can think of is if trout and otani if the angels suck those two could be uh those could you think the angels are willing to give them up yes i do personally yes this ownership yes i do i i mean they signed Trout to a pretty long-term deal. Yeah, but that was also three years, three, four years ago, too, because it was right after Harper signed, and they haven't done anything. They haven't made the playoffs. And Trout has one playoff game, right? No, one playoff series. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, wait, was it a wild card? Was it one wild card game? It was a while ago. Yeah, it was against the Royals. But I think that, you know, Angels see the opportunity to trade, Otani, especially Otani. You know, you could keep Trout and trade Otani to get the probably the largest package ever back. You know, who who wouldn't want Otani for three months, 
to finish out the season and then the playoffs. Like you have arguably the best player in ever. I mean, I don't think he's the best player ever, but he's right now he's just he's top easily. And you, you trade for him, I w- I don't see why not. Yeah, but yeah. So I like um, that. I like that lineup. Yes. To be honest, you have something else, Dad? No, I was just going to transition to the rotation. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Which, as I stated previously, is going to be stretched thin. Mm-hmm. So right now, the projected rotation would be Cole one, mm-hmm. um, Clark Schmidt second, uh, Johnny Brito who. In the spring training game he pitched, he pitched a uh, perfect ball for six innings, there, I think. There you go. Because um, you know spring training stats are legit. Hey, it's something. It's something. They, they, it they, it's only matters if they're doing well. If they're doing terrible, yeah. spring training stats don't matter. Yeah. That's how it uh, works. Nestor, uh, Nasty Nestor, mm-hmm. um, and Domingo Herman. Okay. So there's there's just the one left-handed pitcher, Cortez, mm. in that, lot, in that mm. rotation right now. Yeah. And uh, Clay Holmes would close mm-hmm. yeah i did yeah. see i did see that yeah and michael came will be on his way back too so that'll be good yeah i think you guys by july august will be healthy as long as no one gets seriously injured you guys the second half of your season is going to be where you guys do the most work you guys got to stay afloat for right now yeah. with all the pitching injuries you know all-star break pass second half of the season that's your guys's time that, that that's exactly what i'm expecting for the, this year i don't yeah. think they're I don't think they're going to get to the, off to the super hot start that they did last year mm-hmm. um, with the injuries, with some people down. Mm-hmm. I think it, they just need, if they can stay, you know, above 500 for that while. Yeah. And then once they get to the all-star break and afterwards, when they have most of their guys back mm-hmm. and yeah. healthy, uh, I think they could go on a decent run. Yeah. Uh, it also depends on them being consistent and, you know, hitting well, which mm-hmm. was a problem for them in the second half last year too. Yep. They just, they did. They fell apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, overall, um, I'm still holding to them eking out the division. I think it'll be close. How many wins? Um, I'm gonna hover around ninety. Ninety. Right okay. Yeah. Ninety right now. I could see Toronto being right behind them by a couple games. Yeah, um, I could. I could too. Yeah, but and you know they'll try. I think it's gonna be a lot of a repeat of last year. I know the ultimate goal is to win the World Series, of course. Um, I think they'll run into Houston and probably lose to them again. I know that sounds pessimistic, but they really are the yeah. class of the American we, League. We went over that a little bit in the first podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, the Phillies-Yankees uh, game that we're going to, probably seeing Cole versus Nola because both of our number ones will be going tomorrow mm-hmm. but then it's f- the game is five days after so it'll be the number one's return in the rotation again uh so it should be nola versus cole to the game we go to which i'm really excited for uh but one thing i was not excited for was earlier uh was it, it was last week reese hoskins got hurt in a spring training game and we it looked bad it looked awful those those non-contact injuries non-contact. are the worst looking. Mm-hmm. And he had just come off a meniscus uh, repair uh, in the off season, but it was a different leg. This was his different. I think uh, this was his. I can't remember which leg it was, but this was a different one. And then we got the official news that he tore his ACL. 
And you could just tell the fan base was head down, upset, kind of just like a gut punch. Because he and Nola are the only two players kind of left from when this thing started that were homegrown talent. Um, I guess you can count Sir Anthony as also that, but he came up later. Um, But Nola and Reese were the top two. And with Reese going out, it was just a really big punch in the gut. Um, and, um, yeah, it was, it was just hard. So with that, Derek Hall now gets to, yeah. Yeah. Derek Hall gets the chance to take first base and I think he'll do well. It's going to be hard to replace. A, uh, the one thing is Hall's a lefty and Reese is right-handed. So we're going to have to, Castellanos is going to have to step up and that right-handed, power spot he's i mean one of our friends uh taylor hernandez thinks that uh castellanos is going to have a bounce back year and could be in the mvp consideration it w- was that right or it was something where he's gonna have a bounce back year with probably 35 home runs and something like that which i will take in a heartbeat 100 yeah. percent. i don't see it happening but he needs at least 20 to 25 for sure mm-hmm. um for that um, but one of the roster updates is, uh, this rotation is a little bit banged up with Ranger Suarez, uh, and, um, as well as, uh, crap. We couldn't figure out the fifth starter cause Andrew Painter was going to be that fifth starter, but then he got hurt. And, uh, but it's, it's looking okay. We got Nola Wheeler and Tywin Walker is the one, two, three right now. And then, uh, Bailey Falter is number four, and then Matt Strom is the number five. Matt Strom was a bullpen addition, bullpen addition, uh, but they're going to kind of max him out at 75 pitches uh, as the fifth starter. But this lineup is still fantastic, even with Reese out, because Hall is a good player. As long as he sticks to, you know, does average for what he's supposed to do, this lineup is still deep enough. That was one thing this year we didn't have last year. We have depth this year even with harper out um for a little bit which i'm excited because uh i have a fantasy draft later and i told you earlier i'm gonna try to draft him earlier than i all should phillies. no i'm all not no, drafts. no i might i might draft. join a, another draft later and do all phillies but um okay. i mean this lineup one to nine probably i would put trey turner betting lead off schwarber batting second probably jt batting third after JT, I might do JT. I might do Derek Hall. I might That's do at cleanup. At cleanup. I, I saw a little bit of what Rob Thompson was doing, uh, and he had call bat and cleanup because then you can have uh, Castellanos, Bohm, Stott, Marsh, and then whoever they decide to. Because um, with Harper out. They're going to uh, kind of do kind of like switch off and on, probably lefty-righty with Jake Cave and um, Edmundo Sosa, possibly. But we'll see with that. Um, so if Derek Hall doesn't work out, clean up with Castellanos, just that fourth and clean up then? So we'll see because they did have uh, Castellanos working out at first base, which I thought was interesting. Um, it's going to be nothing is cut and dry with this lineup because Harper's out, but... We'll see how it goes. I do think that we are going to be a playoff team. No question about that. I think we'll be in the playoffs. 
this team's got too much talent and too much, not pride, but just confidence from last year. I think they have a little bit of swagger in them, and I think that's going to help them. Uh, I'm probably going to say 89 wins. Probably 89, but because of that division that they're in. Even though we play less games against that in that division, the Mets and the Braves, if they're healthy, are easily 95 winning teams, in my opinion. Probably the Braves as 95 for sure. Mets around 90, 91. But that's what I would predict. If we're healthy and everything goes right, we're winning the division easily. I think that if we everything goes right, we are the better team for sure than the Braves and uh, the Mets for sure. But right now I'll say wild card and 89 wins. That's what I would say for predictions. And uh, yeah. So you you said your starting pitching stretched a bit thin right now, right now, right now, because Ranger who would be our number three starter is dealing with some elbow discomfort. Nothing is torn. They, they did an MRI. Nothing is strained or it's just some elbow inflammation. And they kind of just want to give him rest, which always is kind of scares me because they give him rest and then they try him for one start and then he has more elbow inflammation. So it's kind of a little bit worrisome for me. Um, but as soon as Ranger comes back, then this, this rotation I think is pretty good. You know, the fifth starter with Falter or whoever we decide, if we want to, if Painter comes back healthy and they bring him up, or if they want to take a shot on uh, Mick Abel, who's one of our top prospects. We'll see. Uh, the fifth starter is definitely the weakest spot right now for us, but when your fifth starter is your weakest spot, I think it's okay for a team because yeah. the lineup one through nine is pretty solid. And, you know, defense is okay. With Trey Turner now added, it definitely adds to it. And, I think some of the uh, bench pieces have some good defense, um, but you know it's we'll have to see with Bohm. Hopefully, he worked a little bit more in the offseason. I liked his improvement last year. That'd be the player that you watch out. He put on some muscle this offseason. See how he plays, but I think he might be maybe my bold prediction for you know the Phillies would be Alec Bohm might be an All Star. That'd be my bold prediction mm-hmm. for the Phillies this year. Maybe I don't know. What do you think? Is that your bold prediction? That's my bold prediction for the Phillies. That's not my hot take, which is coming later. That's not my hot take. No, I have a better hot take. Oh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anything else you want to add for the team talk for opening day? Um, Yankees and Phillies, the second series of the season. Second series of the season. Uh, Again, the Yankee Stadium, we're going to be at the game next Wednesday. We're recording this on Wednesday, March 29th, so the game's next Wednesday, April 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's a week off from now, but I did check the weather a little bit. They said there was like a chance of rain here it's and a there. Week. It's a week I, from I, now. I know, I Come know. On. Just just forget it. Don't look just at it. Let, let, no. let me finish. No, it's a dumb thing to do. It's a week away. But if it's if it stays like like in the 60s, and if, that, if that's what it says, then I'm okay with it. That's what great. I wanted to say. That'd be great. I would love it. Yeah. I would love it. Yeah. So let's transition to the junk ball section for opening day. Again, this is a whole opening day special. We're kind of all talking about kind of predictions and updates with some stuff. I realized that we didn't talk about uh, the World Baseball Classic, which we said we would. Maybe we can hit that at the end. Yeah. But right now, let's focus on opening day. Yeah. Um, So the big thing with opening day this year 
is that there is a lot of rule changes and tweaks to the game, including pitch clock. If you've been living under a rock, you wouldn't know about it. Uh, but there is a 15-second pitch clock for no runners on and 20-second for runners on, which we can get into a later podcast because I have many, 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 many opinions on that. There is the ban on the shift, which you can't have uh, runner two fielders on either side of second base. Um, there's also the limiting limiting the number of pickoffs. Otherwise, it's a balk and the, on, the runner can go on to the next base. Uh, the bases are bigger. They're not that much. They're three inches bigger or something like that, mm-hmm. which I didn't think would make that much a difference. But during spring training, there has been a lot more stolen bases. Yeah. Um, any other tweaks that I can remember? Those are the kind of the big ones that um, I can remember because they're trying to increase the pace of play, more action per second, you know, with the attention span of everyone these days. We're on our phones. We want something instant, you know, and... I can understand why they're doing it with with everything, but I we can get into this is kind of just an overview of what uh, opening day is going to look like. It's going to be a lot different. It, the baseball opening day is going to be different than spring tra- regular season starts. It's going to be a lot different than spring training, in my opinion. Yeah, well, wasn't there the new role perhaps of the position pitcher, the position players pitching? Oh, I I do I vaguely remember that. I do have some other ones that I remember, but what yeah. do you got? So the the tweak, I think, is that if the teams have to be up by as many as 10 or more runs while the trailing team would have to be down by eight or more in order to pitch a position player. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay with that. Instead, just, you know, we had an epidemic of position players pitching last year. I don't understand why. I think we should add more pitchers to the roster. I'm okay with spanning the rosters another one or two just yeah. for pitchers. I don't yeah. think you should add more hitters. I think it should be okay for pitchers. Yeah. Bullpen guys. Like I don't if we're all care we're care if we care that much about player safety and player health and we're worried about, you know, oh, we can't play, you know, because this guy's arms hurt or something like that. Well, bring up a couple more guys that are getting paid league, league minimum. There, well, I don't see any problem with that. Well, it was super rare, even like a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you know, uh, I remember when uh, Jose Canseco pitched mm-hmm. at Fenway. I mean, he hurt his arm as a result, but it was just like, man, you get to see Jose Canseco pitch, Wade Boggs pitching, mm-hmm. a bunch of other positions, players pitching, and then last year it was like, oh, they're they're using this guy again. He kind of became <laughs> a fad almost the last couple of years. Like, oh, yeah, you know what? What was it? I think it was last year. A team was only down by five or six runs, and they yeah. put in a position pitcher or a position player to pitch. And I'm like, this is five or six runs. That's not even one time through the lineup. No. Like, come on. That's for, that, I thought that was dumb. It's for ratings. Yeah. So that's another another rule change or tweak. Um, another thing that uh, we'll go through right now is maybe some surprise teams that uh, might be catching our interest um but one thing that normally during opening day everyone has their predictions and uh leagues around you know mlb nfl nba they put together a top 100 list and i think i mentioned to you this the other day uh now disqualification or qualification this is espn's top 100 list it was top 100 right now so obviously they took into account for injuries Mm mm-hmm Bryce Harper mm-hmm. was 58th yes. on the list. And do you remember the player that I told you that was right before him? Who was it? 
Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil is a better player right now <laughs> than Bryce Harper. <laughs> I. Well, he is because Jeff McNeil is playing and Bryce isn't. But that's it's for this season. It's no, for, it's for this. The, the list was top 100 right now for this season. I would take Bryce Harper's half season over Jeff McNeil's full this season, next season, three seasons from now. 100%. I just... I, ESPN, where do you get off? Seriously, like this... 58th? Guy's arguably one of the best players in the league. No, I'm going to get excited. I'm going to get excited. He's telling me to calm down, but I'm... I'm it's, it's 58th. Well, don't blow out the mic. No, I'm not Jeez. blowing out the mic. Over Jeff McNeil, of all people? Jeff Mc... I have no comparison. Is Pete Alonso ahead of Bryce Harper? Uh, I think he is, yeah. Right. It just, it's the disrespect to a two-time MVP who literally who had five home he had five home runs in the playoffs. Yeah. Did they not just see what he did in the playoffs? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. He should be higher. I know he's injured. He should be higher. That was one of my gripes with opening day right well, now. Well, I think uh, Cole being ahead of Verlander was a bit surprising to me to yeah. see. Yeah, uh, Verlander won the Cy Young. Yeah. I, <laughs> people these days. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hope Cole is a better season than Verlander, but yeah. I wasn't expecting that kind of ranking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Like Cole I, isn't even the best pitcher in his own city right now. Uh, Rodon or Cortez? In his own city. Oh, New sorry. York, yeah, York, Scherzer. Yeah. And, yeah, true. Yeah. true. Well, right now, Cole would be the best pitcher. Yeah, on the Yankees. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah I agree. Um, okay, so there's some rule changes in opening day. We'll see how they play out. I I would say, for me personally, I'm hesitant to the changes, uh, not because I don't think that there needs to be something changed, because I think pace of play needs to be improved a little bit, because, you know, I've talked about it, you know, games 20, 30 years ago, or... 40 years ago, they were two hours and 15, 20 minutes, you know. So I understand the pace of play. We'll get into it in a later podcast. But overall, I'm hesitant to go along with these changes. I don't think that they're going to benefit. I don't think they're going to benefit the game as a baseball game itself, anything. But the viewing experience could be better. Uh, in a little bit. But uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, Kev, is which player do you think uh, will benefit the most on your team from the shift change? Or you can choose the shift change or the pitch clock. Which which player on your team do you think will benefit the most? Well, I know who will benefit the least from the pitch clock, and that would be Nestor Cortez. Oh yeah, although it, he was sh- he was doing some shimmies the other yesterday or the yeah. other day, and I was like, oh sweet, <laughs> that's still happening. Yeah. I hate it as a batter, but as a pitcher, I'm like, yeah, just mess with him, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't think of a particular pitcher that would have a bigger advantage or disadvantage right now in that rotation. Um, Does Judge get the shift on him that much? I feel no, like it's more like the. Uh, I know guys like Donaldson and mm-hmm. like Hicks would get a shift. Yeah. Um, so they they'll their dying averages will go up the uh, twenty points or so. Yeah. What What do you think the average points 
uh, you know, le- it's more focused on lefties than righties right now because yeah. lefties definitely saw a drastic decrease in average. Like, look at Ryan Howard. Ryan Howard probably could have continued playing for another couple of years if this shift was happening, but because he, you know, he played at the time where the shift was available yeah. and he's dropped, you know, what do you think, 20, 30 points they're going to be raised? Uh, I would, I'm just going to play a little conservative and go 15. 15. Because, um, and we'll get this into a later podcast too, is just the idea that I think there's something more fundamental than just fixing the rules. And I'm not saying that rule change is necessarily a bad thing. No. But um, I think you people have to actually make contact first before you can talk about raising the buying averages. Yeah. And there's a big contact problem in baseball that goes beyond the shift too. Completely agree. So that's why I'm just going to play on the lower end. I mean... It'll be nice to see someone who doesn't have a 320 average lead the league in batting average. I would love to see that. Yep. Um, I mean, t- I looked at stats from like the 90s, and it's like, you know, people are hitting 340, 330 all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now it's just like, wow, someone's hitting 300, all star. Yep. Um, yeah, it's, it's, so, it's a little. Yeah. little di- so we're, we're interested to see the changes. Uh, we're. I would say we're baseball purists in a little bit of a way, maybe not to a to a T, but I, we, I think I'm a little more than you are. Uh, I mean, I did not like the DH when it first when it first got instituted, but I'm happy for it now because you know because Bryce can hit. Yeah, so I'm biased <laughs> there, but I still miss pitchers hitting. Um, and that was instituted during COVID as a as a uh, possible. It was a, it was instituted as COVID as like a demo. Did they have it in 2021? No, it was instituted last year fully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, well, a lot of these rule changes are demos. So like the Ghost Runner, which would be another topic. Yeah. Uh, no. That they they said, oh, you know, it's only for this season. And then they and then next season is like, oh, we're only going to do it for this season. Yeah. Now they announced mm-hmm. they're permanent. Yeah. Even back then, I'm like, they're going to keep this. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it speeds up the extra innings. They're not playing as long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So we're excited for opening day. We're yes. hesitant to see how the rules are going to play out. Um but it should be a good year. It'll be an interesting. Like, it'll be interesting to see how the stats change based off the, you know, pitchers not having as much time to think about a pitch as well as a batter not having to overthink what the pitcher's going to throw, and then you have. I'm blanking. You have. Uh, you have. So many more. A lot more stolen bases going to be happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are saying that Trey Turner's going to have 50 stolen bases. I'm like that'd be great. That'd be, that's gonna be great for baseball. Um, but let me ask you: Do you have any any fun opening day memories that you can remember? Um, I, I wish I could say I've been to an opening day, but I guess I technically was at an opening day to like in terms of it being the first game of the year. So mm-hmm. when they closed the old stadium in 2008, uh, I went to the new stadium's first exhibition game in 2009 when the Yankees played the Cubs. Okay. Um, so it was cool being among the first fans to actually go see the new Yankee stadium when yeah. it opened. Mm-hmm. That'd um, be cool. I've been to games in in early April uh, constantly. There was one at the old stadium where Andy Pett was pitching against the Rays, and it was snowing. And not like some light flurry, those like coming down. <laughs> The snow, and I'm like, this is not baseball. <laughs> no, no. We, we, that was one of the few times growing up where uh, my dad and I didn't stay through for the entire game mm-hmm. because just like this is miserable. Yeah. We're we're losing like eight nothing here. Yeah. 
they're, they're, mm. why are we here? Why yeah. are we staying to no, watch this? I agree. Yeah, so. I agree. Um, what did I just ask you? Wow, I'm blanking on a couple right here. Uh, having a lot of fun, uh, oh, being miserable day. in the Open, snow. Oh, no, opening day memories. Um, unlike you, I was at, I was been to one opening day, and that was a couple years ago when Bryce Harper made his debut. As soon as Bryce Harper signed, I bought tickets. I texted my one buddy, uh, and I was like, "Hey, you want to go?" And we bought tickets. Prices skyrocketed. I ended up paying like I think a hundred bucks for uh, upper level. Um, and uh, but saw Bryce Harper's opening day. We were we were late to get into the stadium. That was I was so livid because we were there tailgating the entire time, and I wanted to get in the stadium, but we had to wait for. It was with uh, my one friend and a couple other buddies. Uh, from high school, and we had to wait for someone, and I was a little bit frustrated that we, because I missed Andrew McCutcheon's leadoff home run, and I like seeing the whole game. You know, I paid money to see this, but that's another story. We won. Uh, Reese Hoskins had a great slam. It was it was a lot of fun. I understand that uh, the the time that I regret leaving a game the wor- the most was uh, going to that game where Derek Jeter dove into the stands. That mm-hmm. classic highlight that plays all the time. Yeah, on MLB Network and ESPN. Mm-hmm. It was a tie game, the Yankees and the Red Sox, and we left in the eighth inning of that game mm-hmm. and missed the uh, yeah. the play, which I think was in the 11th or 12th, and they won in the 14th or something like that. Such yeah. a good fan. I know. No. Well, to be fair, yeah. uh, we had our grandfather and our dad with yeah, us, no, no, so no, no, you're fine. we kind of had to leave. Yeah, but no, still, no, like no. I was listening to the play on the turnpike. I'm like, man, I, yeah. <laughs> I, yep. I missed that. I, I get d- it. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah. Um so yeah, if that kind of wraps up the opening day segment right now, we're going to touch up, uh, kind of catch up on uh, some World Baseball Classic stuff. But if you have any predictions or comments about opening day, what you're excited for, let us know in the comments on Instagram or uh, on our podcast platforms. Can you make comments on the platform? You know, give us a review. You know, uh, if, you, if you think we're five stars or something like that, you know, shout us out on YouTube or you know, you got if you got any influencers, you know, let us know. YouTube, uh, you can uh, give us a like. Yeah, and you and follow and us, subscribe. What's that like? Ooh, make sure you hit the subscribe button and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. You, you hover over yeah. it with like the little thumb thing, like subscribe. Yeah. So I, I I made a mistake the at the beginning of this podcast. Um, How dare you? I know. I want to give a shout out right now to two people who are very influential and productive in making this podcast happen. Um, first shout out goes to my brother's best friend, Nolan, who provided us with all of the podcast equipment, which is the mixer, the mics, uh, all that stuff that I we were so grateful for it. He was just like, yeah, you want it? I was like, sure. Uh, I tried to pay him. He wouldn't let me. So Nolan... Thank you. You're a lifesaver for this. You are one of the main reasons why we're doing this right now because we have this all this stuff right here. Um, so thank you for that. And then I want to give out to our our friend, Molly, who designed our logo. I gave her a little bit of a template to go off of, and she rocked it. She finished everything off, and we love it. We love our, we love our logo. And I'm pretty sure she has a background in graphic design. I'm pretty sure. Well, I, I was wrong. I also want to apologize to Pi, too, because I was wrong with on the last podcast. He is not an athletic, athletic training major. He is something else. And when he would have him on, we will let him kind of go through all that. Um, but, again, thank you to Molly and Nolan um, for the shout-out. 
well, I, I'm still going to refer to him as such because I know he just loves it. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I think it's a good thing that you include in this part of the podcast because now people will have to listen to the 44-minute yeah, mark you know to, what? Mm-hmm. to actually get what the thank you and the shout-outs. So you're saying I should make more mistakes? Yes. Okay, gotcha. I mean, you make you, mistakes you, all the time. Oh, yeah, no, so. I am... Yeah, I make it's not of, hard for you. Yeah, no, I I get made fun of all the time. I make dumb decisions. Like it's mm-hmm. classic, classic peaches. Um, so let's touch up, touch on World Baseball Classic for a little bit. You know, um, World USA lost to Japan. Mm-hmm. It was a great game, terrific and game. We won't touch on much of the game, mm-hmm. but overall, World Baseball Classic, a win. Or a loss for baseball? A win. Yeah. I think internationally, definitely. Huge you, win. I, I mean, you, you see some of those crowds at the games. It was um, awesome. They were into it. It was intense. The most In, people Miami uh, Lone Depot Park has ever seen. Yeah, well, that's not surprising. <laughs> I know, but no. I mean, last baseball, World I mean, Baseball Classic. It, it was kind of, it kind of had the vibe of a soccer game to me. A little like, bit. It's like, a little bit different than American baseball. You know, in yeah. Japan and and Dominican Republic, Mexico, um, Puerto Rico. I've heard that the Puerto Rican crowd is like top notch, or like you know they're yeah. just a little bit more rowdier than everyone else, which I was kind of digging a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you, they got into it, and oh. and especially like Japan, and you saw the television ratings for mm-hmm. Japan's games. What was it, ninety six percent or something like that <laughs> of televisions were tuned into the championship game at some point at eight a.m. on a workday. Yeah, eight a.m. on a workday for them. It, America, we need to step up. We need to be watching this. Uh, but I think also for um, USA, I think it was also a a win for because I think more players are going to be willing to play next time as well as pitchers, and I think more uh, Americans were tuned in because stars were actually playing for the USA team. Um, So I think that's good, especially for young people, young kids, to see Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, um, Nolan Arenado and Goldschmidt, they were in there last time, but seeing Trout and Mookie was really impactful for the USA team. Agreed. Um, But there were two big things that happened in the World Baseball Classic. We won't touch on this for very long, but two things that, um, two injuries that happened. Edwin Diaz for the Mets, he tore his patellar tendon, and he's out for all pretty much the entire season. Yeah, unfortunately, and then, yes. mm-hmm, unfortunately, even as a Phillies fan, I want the Mets to be at one hundred percent when I face them. And when I see players like that go down, who's best? I think we touched on it last time. Arguably the best closer in baseball. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough to see. And then Altuve broke his thumb. He's out for two months. Now. Uh, one of the questions that got brought up on when I put out the message on Instagram was uh, I put out a question to see, like, hey, what do you want us to talk about? And this was one. Um, it was from our friend uh, Dakota. Um, let me see if I can find it right here. Okay, We are the kings of preparation. Yeah, no, it's right here. No, I had it up. I had it up. So... I said, we want to hear from you. What's the topic you want to hear us talk about? And this was his question about the World Baseball Classic. Injuries outside of the MLB and sanctioned games, and if they should keep a full-year salary if they get hurt. And the one thing with the World Baseball Classic is teams don't pay their their player if they get hurt. The World Baseball Classic has insurance that covers that. And that was one of the reasons why Clayton Kershaw couldn't play because he had some back issues. And he couldn't get insurance covered. So 
the Mets are not paying any of Edwin Diaz's contract for this year. The World Baseball Classic is paying his, I think it's around $20 million. So, I, you know, should they be paid their salary? I think might be what Dak is asking there. Like, should they be paid if they get hurt? And I feel like they should. You know, they they sign a contract, you know, that's not, uh, and the teams allowed them to play. Yeah. Uh, It's not like, you know, if it's, I know there are some teams that didn't allow players to play, uh, but the Mets allowed Edwin Diaz to play, and it's also very much more important for teams like the DR and overseas teams that compared to the U.S. for, um, you know, how much it means. It means much more to the world than the World Series to them. Yeah, I think it's different from, say, uh, when Aaron Boone injured his knee during basketball. Yeah. Uh, it, because that's a different sport. Mm-hmm. And it's this is like not only just playing baseball, this is the World Baseball Classic, which to me is kind of like the World Cup of mm, baseball yeah. at this point. Yeah. And these guys take it super seriously. It, it transcends just MLB. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think they should be paid too. I mean, looking at all the other countries, I'm like, I wish they were, I wish the U.S. was as passionate as these guys are. Yeah. And the reason why we aren't is because we have the NFL, we have the NBA, you know, all these other countries, they don't have the biggest sports programs in the entire, I mean, overseas they have uh, soccer, but NFL, NBA, MLB, huge. So we're very, we have a lot of uh, entertainment at our fingertips. But overall, I thought World Baseball Classic was a huge success, a lot of fun. I wish the U.S. won it. We got to see Otani versus Trout, which is what everyone wanted to see at the beginning of the World Baseball Classic. Um, But, yeah, big win. And uh, so that wraps up uh, kind of a little bit of what we're going to talk about with the World Baseball Classic. And to finish off our second podcast, we do a hot take. And it's my turn to do a hot take. Oh, gosh. I know. I know you're ready. You ready? I don't know if I am. I guess I'm going to have to be. Yeah. And again, one thing that, uh, uh, one thing I want to say about this is when we do a fun fact or a hot take, we don't tell the other person. So we're giving the genuine reaction. We don't talk about this before the podcast to give a little background of it. So that way it's kind of genuine reaction for everyone. So Kev, you know, the Los Angeles Dodgers, right? You've heard of them. Who? Exactly. They have been dominating the NL West for a long time. Uh, yes. Uh, they had a little competition with the Giants, mm-hmm. but I think right now you could say. Yeah. And San Diego, too. Now San Diego's got, you know, everyone's riding the San Diego hype train. I think the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to miss the playoffs this year. Why do you say that? So they lost a couple players. They lost Trey Turner. Uh, Walker Bueller's out with Tommy John. They don't have as much depth as they used to. You know, they're relying on J.D. Martinez as their D.H. You know, he's a little bit older. Um, uh, Justin Turner's gone as well. You have, uh, you have, um, their pitching's still decent. You know, you have Kershaw, who's another year older. Uh, you have Syndergaard, who's hit or miss right now. He doesn't have the same velocity. Dustin May's coming off Tommy John, but he's still decent. Um, you have Urias, who's probably their ace right now, I would say, given that Kershaw's probably a little bit declined, but Kershaw's still one of the best pitchers in the game. Um, it's their pitching I'm not worried about. Pitching, they always seem to do pretty well. They got a decent bullpen, but 
I think with the Gavin Lux injury, you know, they had to replace uh, Justin uh, Trey Turner with uh, the trade for Miguel Rojas from the Marlins. And their outfield is uh, Mookie Betts, David Peralta, and Chris Taylor and Trace Thompson. Pretty much. I don't, I mean, Mookie's great. Peralta's older. Without uh, Freddie Freeman. Yeah, I that, that was talking about the outfielder. It, Freddie's going to be great. I'm not worried about Freddie, Will Smith, or Mookie. Those three, I think, are going to be good. I think it's the other guys around them that they're going to have trouble with. And I think that they're not going to... I'm not saying they're going to be a bad team. I think they're gonna just going just gonna to miss the playoffs. Like They'll be fighting that wild card spot because it's just not going to be their year. This is going to be their first year that they don't make it. I think their time has run up. I think the Padres... Everyone's riding the Padre hype train. I don't think the Padres are going to be that good. I just think this division is going to be battling it out, especially with um, uh, the Diamondbacks is kind of like the team everyone's kind of talking about to be a little bit better this year. Uh, Chris Bryant's playing back for the Rockies. I don't think the Rockies are going to be any competition. Um, but I think the Giants, who could be a little bit better than last year, they had some injuries last year as well. Um, it was their first year without Buster Posey last year, so that was a big loss for them. Mm. But... I think that the Dodgers will just miss the playoffs. They, they, they're going to be a good team. I'm not saying they're not going to be a bad team. I'm saying that they will miss the playoffs. Is, is that because of uh, t- potentially three teams coming out of the National League East? Or is yeah, it I'm, just that they're not going to be as good of a team that, that can make the playoffs? They're not going to be the – I mean, last year they won 100-some games, right? Yeah, I don't think that they're going to be that team this year. I don't. I think that they're going to drop. I think they're going to be around – 86, 87 wins, I mean, and I win. think that's going to be just short with the Phillies, I, I, with the three wild card teams that we talked about in our last hot take with yours. You know, I think that they're just going to miss. I think the Brewers are going to be better this year. Uh, I think that the the three teams in the NL East are going to make the playoffs. So that's three. So two. That's two of the wild card teams. So that leaves one wild card spot left. And I don't think they're going to win the division. I think the Padres will win the division. I don't think their drop off is going to be as dramatic. It's not. I mean. I don't think that they're going to be below 500. I'm saying 87, 88 wins, mm. and I think it's just going to miss the playoffs. I think they're going to. I think they'll be in the 90s. I don't. I think it'll be. I agree with you that I think it will still be a battle for the division. Yeah. In the National League West, it won't be as as much of a blowout for the Dodgers as it was last mm-hmm. year, and the Dodgers were a bit inflated given their early exit from the playoffs. Yeah. But I still think they're going to make the playoffs with a maybe low to mid 90s. Yeah. Win that win. We'll see. Average. We'll see. But so that's my hot take, and uh, and let us know what you think. You know, if I'm if I'm dumb or you know you well, agree we with know me. That already. No, 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 no. Or whether or not you agree with me. You know, let us know in the comments, and uh, let's wrap it up there for yeah. our uh, second official podcast. How do you think about that, Kev? Yeah, I think that's a decent place to to stop. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, this has been the second official junk baller podcast uh let us know what you think in the comments sections and uh keep listening thanks for joining us yeah and i i just want to close saying that we super appreciate you guys just even listening to yeah. us you we, know we, we had way more support than we thought we would we had someone in singapore we had someone in brussels listening yeah. uh shout out to my friend hunter out in phoenix uh, had someone, uh, what was, there was someone else in the U S that were like, where the heck West Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, whoever you are. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It, yeah. it, it definitely means a lot. Uh, 
you know, your support is greatly appreciated, as has your feedback. We've gotten great be- feedback from the first mm-hmm. episode, and we're hoping to get some more because we want to get better at this and yeah. provide a good listening experience for the people yeah. who are following us. And I know we're having fun doing it. We're, and yeah. um, thank you guys for listening, and uh, catch you next time. Catch you next time.